the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be talking about something that we all, unfortunately, (laughs) know about. But we all can't necessarily make as much sense of it as my guest, Lisa Stedman. And I'm talking about breakups. We've all been there. We've all been dumped. Anyone who says that they haven't is lying. <laughs> Maybe you believe the lies that the person told you for why they they couldn't see you anymore. They're moving out of town or, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, there are some good ones. I'm sure we can talk about that. But um, my guest today has had being dumped, has turned being dumped into becoming famous. And in fact, she'll probably agree that being dumped, especially the big one, was the best thing that ever happened to her because it caused her to write this new book that's just come out called It's a Break Up, Not a Break Down. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start. I think that the um, the thing that makes this so helpful to all of us yes. um, is the fact that you are not afraid to admit <laughs> that you have been there. And, in fact, you have used the fact that you've been there, not just for the big one, but for many small ones along the way, sure. as um, the source of your wisdom. <laughs> well, I have so been there. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have dated a lot. I'm in my mid-30s, and it's taken me a while to figure some stuff out. So, yes, I have dated a lot. I have broken up a lot. I have gotten broken up with, and along the way I just knew that, I must be learning something from this. I can't. I can't keep. I kept looking at these relationships as failures when they ended, but I, w- I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I'm learning stuff, so it, it's not all bad. Yes, and that's very hard to do amidst the tissues and bonbons and soap operas <laughs> <laughs> to come to that conclusion. Sure. <laughs> well, why don't we start out with? Um, well, I don't know your first breakup. Whoever broke up with whomever. Um, uh, but when you first started having that insight that there must be something here to learn, even though you weren't quite sure at the beginning what it was? Yes, yes. Well, I was in my 20s, and I had been in a pretty bad relationship right after college uh, that was totally based on the fact that I was incredibly insecure. And when I left that relationship, I said, I just want a nice guy. I just want a nice guy. And so I met this nice guy. Well, wait, wait. Before we get to the nice guy, sure. <laughs> um, why was that an incredibly bad relationship and how did it end? Okay. Well, he I, he was a lot older. He was 14 years older than I was. And I looked at him as somebody, when I met him, I thought, oh, my God, this man is perfect. He's handsome. He's successful. But what I wasn't looking at was, who he was on the inside. He was very controlling, very manipulative. You know, he tried to tell me what to do and where to go and who to talk to. And at 22, I thought that was acceptable. Mm -hmm. 
I knew in my gut that I was not going to stay with this person, but I felt like I had things to learn from him. So I allowed him to try and control me, even though, you know, I resisted. So when I finally said, you know what, I don't need, this is not right for me. This is not what anyone should endure. Nobody should be told what to do or where to go or who to talk to. Uh, when I got the courage to leave that relationship, I, I didn't want to date at all, actually. But then when I did start dating again, which it took about a year to kind of heal and move on from that, I said, I just want a nice guy. That's really what's important to me. And so I got in a relationship with a very nice guy, and we were together for three years, and it was nice, but there wasn't much else going on. And I looked around at the friends I knew who were settling down and getting married, and I looked at the friends who were single and dating a lot, and I thought, you know, this is not where I want to be for the rest of my life. This is not the person who's going to excite me and satisfy me and, and, and be my partner. This wasn't somebody I could see being my lifelong partner. And when I realized that, I thought, okay, well, if you're going to end this relationship, then you really need to think before you enter another one what you really want. Well, well what do you think he was missing, though? We were just I mean, a- besides the excitement, why wouldn't he have been suitable for... Uh, a permanent relationship. We were very different. He um, he he was a video game guy, which a lot of men are, and are able to still have a functional life. But that was his entire life, and it became it became detrimental to our relationship because he had this relationship with a TV or a computer that we didn't have, and it got to the point where we were basically just roommates. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because you know I do a lot of work with. Uh, against media violence and especially video games, violent yes. video games, and there is sort of a connection between um, the violent stimulation and that giving sort of a sexual thrill. So in a sense, he was getting his excitement, his passion from these video games and not yeah. having much left so over. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that to me because <laughs> I haven't known. <laughs> yes. It's... Yeah. So I just knew that where he was getting his joy in life was not where I was getting mine. And I thought, I want someone who's actively engaged in the real world, not not a make-believe world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I walked away from that relationship, that really began the process of me questioning the people I was choosing to be with, the people I was gravitating towards, and I was looking around at other people's relationships and seeing, well, that's a successful relationship, so what elements do they have that really makes that work? And it was a lot about compatibility and shared life visions of the future, um, you know, they all, like the people who were successful were all on the same path. The two people in the relationship seemed to be compatible and want the same things, whereas the people who weren't making it work, it was because they didn't share a similar life vision. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I dated a lot, and um, after the nice guy, I said, you know, I really want someone who's passionate. <laughs> and, and, and these are the funny things we do. We put it out there, and we get exactly what we think we want, and it doesn't mm-hmm. always end up the way you think it's going to. But the next person I did meet was incredibly passionate, and we had a very, this was the big breakup. This was the one that really rocked my world, and in some ways it was good, and in some ways it wasn't. And, um, <laughs> well, what what did you like about him? I mean, why was that? How were you attracted to him? He was fun, and I so wanted to be with someone fun. He was the life of the party, which was so exciting to be with somebody who everybody wanted to hang out with. But the truth was, when someone's the life of the party, 
there's something else going on there usually, and he was actually very unhappy with himself, which I, I didn't know for a long time. I didn't want to see that. Um, I was just so attracted to his outer qualities. And then when I realized that his internal life was very conflicted, that's when we started having a lot of problems because there was a lot of up and down. The good times were great, but the bad times were like, it was just, he was moody and that would set me off. And we really, we were both very similar emotionally in that we always, one of us would be up, the other one would be down, and then we'd be trying to like bring the other one up and it would bring us down. And Mm. it was just so just a roller coaster that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stay on. And what I know you don't want to probably identify him too much, but what, oh, no. what kind of um, <laughs> what kind? And what was his name? <laughs> I will never do that. He was a good man, just not good for me. <laughs> um, what uh, what kind of work did he do? He was a professional. He, you know, we actually worked together. So uh, that was another interesting thing when the breakup actually happened because I had to keep seeing this person. Huh. Wow which made it really tough. But, you know, I had chosen these things. And, again, when I met him, pretty soon into the relationship, I knew this isn't somebody I'm going to spend my life with, but I know I can learn some lessons along the way. So I chose to go into the relationship, and I chose to leave the relationship. I ended the relationship, but it was still really hard to walk away from. And towards the end of our relationship is when this whole I, I started thinking about breakups and what you learned from the breakups, and I, that's when the the kind of the genesis of my book idea started. Well, you know, it's funny though because in the three examples that you gave, the older man, you know, mm-hmm. for, um, when you were twenty two, and the yeah. video game uh, addict, nice guy, <laughs> nice guy, and, and now the big breakup. Yes. Um, it seems the way you describe them, it seems like you were the one breaking up with them, but I guess what that it was sort of um i mean and yet you were pretty devastated, especially by the big breakup so I mean, on the one hand, it sort of seems like even if you're the dumper or seem ostensibly like the dumper in sure. a way, you still feel dumped because this person didn't change to make it work. It's still a disappointment. You know, everybody, I I hear so many times people say, oh, breaking up with someone is so much easier than getting dumped. And on one hand, yes, that's true. But on the other hand, here's what people don't talk about. If you break up with someone else, and I did break up with all three of those people, you have, like, it's not so easy because you are left with doubts. Did I do the right thing? Could I have made it work? So you still have a lot of unanswered questions which you obviously do if you got broken up with. Breaking up with someone else is not easy because you still loved them. It doesn't mean that, in most cases, it didn't mean that your love was gone. It just meant the relationship wasn't working and there was no way to resolve it. Right, and and it's and so it's as you said, it's still a disappointment, yeah. and, it, and it still feels, uh, it's still a loss. It is a loss because this is somebody, you know, in all of those cases I was with, I was with two of those gentlemen for over a year, and uh, the third one I was with for three years. So this the, is the big breakup was three years. The no, the the oh, nice the, guy the nice guy, three right? Was yeah. But how long know, was the big breakup? It was a year and a half. Uh-huh. We were together for a year and a half. But it's the disappointment factor. It's hard, and and you know, in between those relationships, I dated a lot and had dating disappointments. But what I came to see was, it's not so much that these are disappointments as 
each time I, I met someone, I took something from that and said, I like that. I, wa- I want to keep that part. I don't like that. I want to do away with that. And it's kind of like I was filtering out the qualities that I didn't want and bringing in the qualities I did want to hopefully eventually bring in a better mm-hmm. partner for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And along the way, learn a lot about myself, about how I could be a better person and become a better partner. Mm-hmm. Because clearly these relationships, you know, the flaws were not only with the men. I, I'm so not a man basher. I totally take responsibility for the fact that I had insecurities and issues that definitely contributed to the end of those relationships. Hmm. Well, maybe um, we can take a break now, and when we come back we can talk about that. Okay. We've been talking today with Lisa Stedman. She is the author of It's a Break Up, Not a Breakdown. Get over the big one and change your life for good. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's Every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy 
easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking with Lisa Stedman, the author of the newly released book called It's a Break Up, Not a Break Down. And uh, as you've been hearing, Lisa is a multiple, <laughs> it's like multiple <laughs> orgasms, she's a multiple <laughs> breakup survivor, and um, she will help you avoid the pitfalls and go from pity party to sitting pretty. <laughs> and uh, indeed, um, that's what we've been talking about. And let's go back to where we left off, which was um, what you learned about yourself along the way with each of these relationships. Yeah, you know, that was really huge to my own kind of self-awareness. And the big thing that I realized I was doing was I was always looking for the other person, for the partner in my life to fix me. And if I was insecure, I was looking to them to kind of mask those insecurities or take care of those things. So I was never whole just on my own. It was like, this is, what my, this is my partner and here's what he can do for me, whether it was he's handsome and successful or he's the life of the party. It was never that I was okay being me on my own. And that was huge for me when I realized that after my big breakup. And um, well, what did the Mr. Nice Guy do for you in terms of... He was safe for me. After my relationship with the older man, I really, I was so afraid of men after that. I thought, I don't want a man to ever control me again or tell me what to do. Um, I just wanted somebody safe. So he was safe. And, and that was just, that was an interesting relationship because it started out really healthy. You know, we were very much on the same level, but it just kind of deteriorated as his uh, <laughs> video game addiction grew and my... Uh, satisfaction with that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well you know that demonstrates so perfectly um what i talk about in my in my book bad boys because um i talk about how when a woman has had um a bad relationship or a relationship with a bad boy yes. that ends um she wants to go with a good boy to to be safe um, until she feels like she can uh, jump off the lily pad, you know, using the toad <laughs> metaphor sure. or frog, and um, and and go swimming again in the dating swamp. <laughs> you know, I think that's exactly what happened. That's interesting. I, I think that's exactly the scenario I was in. Was it was safe until it became unsatisfying? Right. And then and I had you, to take that leap, is to go back to your metaphor. <laughs> yes. And it's like licking your wounds, you know, and then yes. when they're kind of healed, then um, you go back in. Well, okay, and so now, and so after Mr., how long ago was the big breakup? 
The big breakup happened three years ago. Well, four years ago, but we continued to date for a year after our breakup. So uh, technically four, but we have not had contact for three. And how was that, that year of going back and forth, of breaking up and traumatic? It was, uh, you know, I did myself a... I really did myself a disservice by going back because I chose to end the relationship and then he started to make some changes and I thought, well, maybe that's okay and maybe we can make it work. And we were just not two people who were meant to be together. So we both did ourselves a disservice by going back into the, um, you know, sleeping together or going out on dates because that kept us from meeting other people who might have been good for us. Of course, that time, even though it's so painful, it's also so addicting because it's so passionate. So addicting. <laughs> I was very addicted to that cycle, yes. I mean, you know, oh, yes, he does love me and he is going to change. Right. <laughs> what were the things that he changed? Well, he uh, he had a very controlling father, and so he started spending less time with his father. Uh, he Less was- time with his father? Less time with his father, who really controlled pretty much everything in his life. Uh, he started to volunteer. Um, he started to clean up his money problems that he'd had for his whole adult life. Um, and I thought, well, maybe this can work, but he was still, at, at heart, we just were not a good match. And those things were great improvements for him, but they weren't improvements that were going to change our relationship. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I've been trying, as you've been discussing each of these guys, to put them into one of my 12 categories. I'm so curious. <laughs> um, well, the first one is easy because um, he's a Mr. Power Mad. Um, ah. And that's a guy who, you know, is pretty much the way you describe that he, he, he doesn't seem like a bad boy. He seems like the opposite. He seems like a great catch. Sure. And, um, you know, he's usually very successful and... and um, and the women who go after those kinds of guys who where the control where where they're taking charge you know at first it seems like just a very a guy who has it all together and he takes charge is very appealing and you know then it eventually deteriorates into uh yeah he takes charge he wants to take <laughs> charge of everything exactly um and and women who go for those kinds of guys are women whose fathers um, were not as powerful compared to their mothers. Oh, that's really interesting. And so when the little girl is growing up, she's kind of feeling sort of um, embarrassed for her father, bad for her father, that he doesn't quite, that he's not claiming his power, that that her mother is sort of, um, you know, making more of the decisions, being more powerful and so on. And so, um, you know, a guy, a Mr. Power Mad, seems like the opposite of one's father and somebody who's going to be that kind of man that that you always wanted your father to be. Sure. Now, the guy in the middle, I can sort of explain by being the nice guy that you where you were licking your wounds before you jumped into the dating swamp again. But now, the, the, (laughs) the last guy, I'm a little, it's a little... I don't know, so far from what you've said about him, it's a little confusing to me. He seems partly like a little controlling, but also um, um, he also seems like the frazzled frog type, which is the guy who um, 
uh, it hasn't grown up. He's like a tadpole. That would be him. You just <laughs> hit it on the head. <laughs> okay. Now yeah. that's a guy who um, hasn't grown up. He, you know, women are turn into women who are attracted to bad boys because of their relationships with their fathers, where they never really felt loved enough, valued enough, enough of a princess to attract or deserve a prince. Okay. And, um, uh, with, with Frazzle Frogs, the, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the big breakup guy, um, oh, well, I was starting to say, with bad boys in general, they become the way they are, each of these 12 types, based upon their relationship with their mother. And oh, so, and so like a frazzled frog ha- had a mother who wasn't really nurturing enough, wasn't mothering enough. And he looks for a woman who's going to be that nurturing mother he never had and who sort of helps um, helps him to grow up. And the problems with these guys is that um, when they do start getting their act to- together, then they start thinking, well, they don't need a nurturing mother anymore. They don't need anyone who can uh, take them with all their warts. <laughs> right. They can, um, you know, find somebody who, now that they're this cool guy who's got it all together, they can find somebody else. But women who are attracted to frazzled frogs um, have fathers who were not there, either emotionally, either you know, physically not there, like they died or they were a workaholic. Sure. Um, or emotionally not there because something else was, you know, attracting their attention um, in their life. Uh, you know, it could be anything, but they just weren't really emotionally there for their daughter. So, <laughs> was your, um, how did your father fit into these? Well, you know, what's interesting is you perfectly, when you describe the frazzled frog, you perfectly perfectly describe my big the man Mr. X who was my big breakup absolutely uh the the father thing I'm really I'm kind of torn about because I have a fantastic father but I would say there was definitely a power struggle between my mother and my father uh-huh so I think that was a very interesting point you brought up earlier uh with um the, power, the power struggle and, and I think that's so fascinating well, and and uh, you'll think about whether there were times when your father was not emotionally available to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go back and think now. <laughs> <laughs> because so many times, you know, I would say something, you know, it has to do with your father and blah, blah, blah. And, and a lot of times women would say, well, I have a wonderful relationship with my father. But, you know, and it's not about, I mean, it's just that sometimes these things can be really subtle and you sort of have to think about um um, you know what the occasions were. I mean, it right. might not have been your whole life, but there might have been some sort of periods or pivotal points or phases when this, because that's when a woman fa- uh, uh, makes her love map unconsciously during her childhood. That's and, so fascinating. Yeah, and connects it. And first, the first man that she, you know sort of wants to marry in, in a perfectly natural, Freudian, <laughs> edible way, um, is her father. And so that, however, that breakup, you know, because you can't marry your father, you can't right. have sex with your father, um, you don't really want to have sex with your father, uh, that's called child abuse, but <laughs> but um, how that, you know, because that relationship can't be fulfilled um, in a romantic way, that's really one's first breakup. 
So how that breaks up or how that doesn't quite, you know, come together in the way that one would uh, picture a fairy tale romance coming together sure. um, is, is sort of sets up the breakups or sets up our love maps for the rest of our life. That makes so much sense. It, it definitely makes my romantic journey make sense, and it definitely makes the partner that I've ultimately chosen make so much sense. And that's what we'll, that's what we'll talk about when you come back. <laughs> when we come back, how you knew Mr. Wright and, uh, and, uh, and things that you can teach us all as far from, from all of your uh, experiences in the breakup wars. So we have to take a break now, talking about breakups and breakdowns. Um, my guest again is Lisa Stedman. Her book is It's a Break Up, Not a Breakdown. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveras, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. The Cherry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Muscular Development presents Noble Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. Noble Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about frogs (laughs) and toes and warts and swamps and breakups (laughs) with the breakup expert, Lisa Stedman. Her book, It's a Break Up, Not a Breakdown. We will get into, uh, <laughs> we will get into some of the aspects of her book. Um, but it's just, I, I think it's just wonderful to hear about her personal journey because she is the best example of, um, the advice that she gives to all of us in her book. And just before the break, we were going to start talking about how she knew when she, after, after her breakups, and we, we only talked about three of them. There, there were more. <laughs> there I'm were a sure. lot along the way. <laughs> <laughs> but these were the major ones. Yes. Um, and how you knew then, how you met your current boyfriend, yes. and, uh, and how you knew that he was, uh, not gonna be a breakup. Well, I, I think, First of all, talking about frogs, I think it's so important to kiss a lot of frogs. I'm a big advocate of that <laughs> because it does give you a lot of practice. But what I did after my big breakup was I, and I actually have this in the in uh, my book. It's called an accountability contract, and I created an accountability contract for myself, which basically said. I'm not going to give my heart away again to anyone until I know it's safe. I can't with I can't endure another heartbreak of of a big proportion. I I can definitely you know deal with little breakups along the way, but I chose to never. I, I just said I don't want to fall in love again until I know it's right. That doesn't mean I can't date because I dated a lot. I met a lot of great guys. But I always said, you know, I kept checking with myself. I kept checking in and going, is this somebody you think you want to fall in love with? And it was always, no, I'm enjoying this, but I don't think this is who I want to ultimately be with, so let's just date and like him and enjoy him and have fun. So I, for two years, I dated a lot, and I created um, a life, you know, I, I quit my job where I had met the Mr. X. I really recreated my life. So that I loved my life, I loved myself, I loved dating, but I wasn't going to jump into giving my heart away again. Now, did you quit your job to not be with him, or...? I quit my job because my job completely changed. I was a writer in corporate America. I wrote for a fabulous toy company, and my job when I started was my dream job. It was so fun and so creative. And by the time I left, it had changed 180 degrees. It had become very corporate, micromanaged. Um, It was just not satisfying anymore. So I left my job because I didn't like my job. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't help. I mean, it definitely helped make my decision to leave that there was an ex-boyfriend in the picture at work. Uh, But I didn't leave just for that. But So I really changed my entire life. Um, and along the way, fell in love with me and my life and met some really fantastic guys. And then one day, this man just showed up <laughs> in my life. And I thought, wow, this guy's really special, and I would be a fool not to get to know him. Where? How did he show up? We, I was out at a, at a lounge. It wasn't exactly a bar. It's a music lounge in Los Angeles, very famous for their lounge singers, the Dresden. And 
uh, he happened to be at the next table, and I was with a girlfriend, and we started talking to him and his friends, and the next thing I know, he and I somehow ended up kind of getting into a little corner and talking for the rest of the night. Uh-huh. And it was just, it was like... I thought, okay, he's younger than me. I could tell he was younger, and I had dated a lot of younger men, and I was—I thought I was done with that. But I was like, it wasn't. It, it, the things that used to be red, like that used to, I used to consider red flags. I'd gotten very good at my red flags, and I realized age wasn't the issue so much as life experience and maturity. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I thought this guy is so interesting and so different and it would be a shame if I didn't allow myself to get to know him. Uh-huh, and and so I let myself get to know him. <laughs> and very slowly, we took it very slowly, we got to know each other. I was traveling at the time, so we um had three or four really great dates and then I traveled to Montana where I'm from and spent a summer there and we emailed every day and got to know each other without having a physical relationship so we really had a strong emotional intimacy by the time I returned from Montana Mm -hmm. a month later and we thought okay we think we want to be exclusive now but we still took it slow and it was fabulous it was it was easy and wonderful and I just thought this is somebody that I could I know would it would be safe to give my heart to and you know you said that um um that you he wouldn't have you wouldn't this isn't someone who you would have picked had you not gone through all these breakups and he isn't and you, he wouldn't have picked you had you not gone with all these breakups what did you mean well and he wouldn't have picked me had he not gone through his breakups uh-huh um we just both were at places where we'd learned our lessons you know i he is the least materialistic person on the planet. So had he met me when I was at my big corporate job uh-huh. and making a lot of money and driving my fancy car and spending money every night going out with my girls for cocktails, you know, and buying clothes, um, he would have thought she doesn't really share the values that I share. Uh-huh. But because I had changed my job and changed my lifestyle, I had really simplified. So I was in a place where I was ready to appreciate a man who lived within his means. And, you know, the, on our first date, we he picked me up. And I never let a man pick me up, but I let him pick me up. And he had a beat-up car. And I thought, instead of thinking, oh, why is he driving this? My thought was, here's a man who lives within his means. I love this. But that was based on my experiences with men who were bad with money. Hmm. So, you know, these were lessons that I came to along the way. And, you know, when he met me, I was actively involved in a life I loved. Had I stayed at a job that I hated, he wouldn't have been interested in that girl. Mm-hmm. But he got, I was in a place where he was like, here's a woman who loves her life, and I love my life, and that's what I'm looking for. And what is he passionate about in his life? He, he's just an amazing man. He is a software consultant. Uh, but what he's passionate about is volunteering. He volunteers in his free time. Hmm. Uh, now, that's he, interesting because you got Mr. Uh, Big Breakup to start volunteering. <laughs> be a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is a man who, who, I guess, did volunteer without you having to make him do that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, from the day I met him, he was talking about how he loved to volunteer. I mean, uh-huh. he, you know, he got one of those presidential service awards last year for so many hours of volunteering. Wow. Um, he's just passionate about his life, you know. He 
He's just amazing. He loves to travel. He loves good food. He's a great cook. He just is actively engaged in every area of his life, which is the way I approach Mm -hmm. life. So I felt like I finally met someone who was living his life with the same passion and the same purpose as I was. Mm -hmm. And that was huge to me. That was like a big light bulb that said, you know, age doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What matters is shared vision, shared life goals, and, and it's, been, it's been two years now, and it's been blissful. Well, that's wonderful. That um, <laughs> gives everybody hope. <laughs> so why don't, you, um, why don't you start telling us the top ten tips for getting over a breakup? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the first tip, and this is huge because <laughs> of what I went through, is you have to create new boundaries with your ex. You know, I I recommend no contact whatsoever, no phone, no email, no nothing. But if you work together, if you have a child together, if you have a business together, you're going to have to have some contact with your ex. So I recommend creating new boundaries. Only talk about the things you have to talk about. Don't get into personal stuff. Don't get into social discussions. You know, this is about recreating your life now that your ex is your ex. So that's number one. Number two. Number two would be you're going to have to find a new support system because this person was probably a big part of your life, but they are not the person to help you through the breakup. So you need your support system. I call them your boohoo crew. They're your girlfriends or whoever who's going to help you get through this, the rocky times and help you into moving on mode. So get a support system. That's huge. And and um, before that, I'm looking at your list here. There's one one that you left out. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know that it has to be in any specific order, but um, cry. That's the one that we oh, sure. we kind of like the best. <laughs> I'm glad you have the list in front of you. <laughs> Crying is huge. You have to cry. I mean, this is. You know, whether your breakup was easy or tough, it's painful and it's traumatic and you need that emotional outlet. There's going to be a period of mourning and loss. And, of course, you should cry. Yes, even guys. Oh, yeah, especially guys. I, I have heard from several guys who have bought my book, and they're like, it helps so much to know I'm not alone. And I think that's huge for men because mm-hmm. men try and be stoic. But you know what? You need help sometimes. Mhm. Yeah. And then the next one, celebrate your slump. Tell oh, us about that. Celebrating the slump is huge. Okay, you know you're going to have a slump. You know you're going to feel pretty bad for a while. So you get to choose how you celebrate it, whether you want to cry on your couch all weekend and not shower or brush your teeth or your hair. That's one way to celebrate. Another way is to get away for the weekend, and this is especially important if you lived with your ex. So sometimes you'll want to get away for a girls' weekend away with your boohoo crew, or you'll want to um, go shopping, do a little retail therapy. Really, celebrating your slump is all about saying, "I deserve some time to be a mess, and this is how I'm going to choose to do it." <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we'll have to uh, take a break and come back for the next ones. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about breaking up and uh, the author of the new book, Lisa Stedman, talking about it's a breakup, not a breakdown. So stay tuned.
talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. In the ever-changing world of real estate, Mark Heller and Brian Church bring to Internet Talk Radio all the latest information, trends, and changes in the real estate market. And these guys pull no punches. That's Real Estate Talk with Mark Heller and Brian Church every Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel. Whether by choice or by circumstance, the statistics of the effects of missing fathers and the impact on our children, our neighborhoods, and our communities is staggering. How can we interrupt this pattern of violence, gang activity, drug use, and sexual activity among our fatherless children? On Changing a Generation, with author, inspirational speaker, life coach, and host, Terrence Wilson, the focus is on elevating the mindset of this current generation by unveiling viewpoints that inspire people to reach for their dreams. Terrence and his guests reveal how building family relationships, becoming an entrepreneur, and living a Christian life develops future leaders in the next generation of children. Changing a Generation with Terrence Wilson broadcast each Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Changing a Generation, bringing a message of deliverance to the fatherless on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Muscular Development presents Noble Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. Noble Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with Lisa Stedman, the author of It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown. Uh, we'll be telling you where you can get that and um, how you can contact her at the end of the show. But now let's get back to our list 
of top 10 tips for getting over a breakup. And let me just tell you, since I'm looking at the book right in front of me, that this is just uh, the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> so <laughs> to really uh, get the, some more good advice, you, you need to read the book. <laughs> so let's go with the next tip. All right, well, that would be tip number five. And that is don't obsess about your feelings. You know, sometimes when we go through a breakup, it's like, why or what if or could I have done this different? Could he have said something different? And we really spiral out of control in our obsessive thinking. And the bottom line is you're never going to have all those answers. You know, sometimes you get that beautiful, perfect closure and sometimes you don't, but you still have to move on. Mhm. Yes. I mean, it's so easy to just to be up all night going over sure. conversations and dates and everything. Well, what if I had done this and then, you know, right. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? It save let's save ourselves some trouble and you know, it's okay to ask those questions, but at some point you have to be like, you know what? I'm probably not going to get all the answers and I still need to move on. Right. Number 6. Number six is don't rebound. <laughs> Do not engage in the bad R's of post-breakup behavior, which are rebounding and revenge. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on. Revenge is fun. <laughs> you know, the only revenge I recommend is if there's stuff that your ex left at your house. Instead of having, like, an ex-boyfriend bonfire, donate yeah. it to charity because then somebody in need gets it. That's a good idea. That's true. And you true. can it about yourself, and that's kind of revengey. But, yeah, no keying of the car, no... <laughs> no sugar in the gas tank? <laughs> no, none of those things. That just makes you look bad, ultimately. <laughs> well, you could have revenge fantasies, but just don't do fantasies them. they are good. The reality <laughs> come with jail time. So. Right. <laughs> okay, and seven... Seven is, and this one I really love, it's you need to find healthy and happy ways to fill your free time. You've, you've probably got a lot of free time now that it's not sucked up by this partner that you used to have. So instead of spending all your free time eating Ben and Jerry's, which is fine in the beginning, but after a while, you know, we, it gets old, we need to fill our time with fun things, fabulous things that make us feel really good about ourselves. And I, I encourage my readers to uh, create a list that they can tack on their fridge of like 10, 10 to 20 fabulous ways to fill your free time. And that can be anything from get a massage, go hiking, watch a favorite movie. You know, it's really whatever's going to make you feel nurtured and loved. Okay. And, and eight? Huge. Eight is you got to make over some part of your life, whether that's your space, and that's especially important if you lived with your ex, um, give yourself a makeover, get a new cut, color, and highlights, or a pedicure. Uh, give your give your life some kind of a makeover. That always makes us feel better. Yes, I liked what you suggested about um, changing your bedroom, especially. Oh, the bedroom uh, Changing the fit. sheets, changing the comforters, changing all the things in your bedroom that will remind you of him. Yeah, because, you know, especially, I mean, the last thing you think of at night when you cr crawl into bed, you don't want that last thought to be, oh, I wish he was here. If you've got new sheets and a new comforter, you're going to be thinking, I love this bed. I want it all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it may take a little while to get there, but at least you won't be uh, smelling his smell. <laughs> yes, that's huge. That's huge. <laughs> and nine? Number nine is throw yourself a moving on party. And I we did this on the Today Show for one of my friends, and it's huge. Throw yourself a moving on party. Not 
don't have a cake with an X at the bottom with a knife in it, you know, like I'm not a big believer in that. But do things that are celebrating you, celebrating the fact that you're moving on. This is where you take that boohoo crew who's been helping you, they graduate to woohoo crew status, and you celebrate what's happening next in your life. You celebrate the potential that your life has to be better now that you're not in a relationship that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, last but not least, is give yourself permission when you're ready to move on. And that goes back to the accountability contract I was talking about earlier. In my book, I give an example of an accountability contract. You can sign it. You can create your own. You can do whatever you need to do to ensure that your heart is in excellent hands and those are your hands. You are now responsible for its care and you are not going to give it away foolishly, unnecessarily. You're going to be smart from here on out. And, you know, um, and that what's really important is to make sure that um, that doesn't get sort of confused with winding up not giving your heart to anyone, you know, being oh, prote- sure. so overprotective of yourself that you're afraid to love again, any to love anybody again. And that's a really good distinction because I have met some people at my book signings that say, I just could never trust anyone again. And I said, well, isn't that a waste of you? Mm-hmm. You know, you deserve to go out there and love again. You deserve to have the life you want, but you just need to... Practice a little caution, but that doesn't mean never give it away again because you're fabulous, and just because somebody broke your heart doesn't mean the next person's going to. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we um, give um, my listeners some information, first of all, where they can get your book and also your websites. Yes, yes. My book, It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown, you can get at bookstores nationwide. You can also go to Amazon.com. And my website is breakupchronicles.com. I have information on the book there as well. Um, and I have a message board where people can share their stories. Uh, it's, it's a great resource for people going through a breakup. And then also your own website, lisastedman.com. Lisastedman.com, yes. And that's L-I-S-A-S-T-E-A-D-M-A-N.com. Yes. And, uh, again, the website um, with breakupchronicles.com that's b-r-e-a-k-u-p c-h-r-o-n-i-c-l-e-s dot com so yes and that's uh, (laughs) misery loves company so (laughs) I would recommend going there too to to see how other people um, have been getting over it that's um, material for your next book absolutely (laughs) people's stories of how they uh, of, of their breakups well, and it's, you know, that's the beautiful thing is I think when you go through a breakup, you think you're totally alone, and we tend to think no one's ever felt the pain we feel. But then, you know, breakups are so universal. And the nice thing about going to a place like my website or just talking to people is realizing you're not alone. You are going to get through this, and you're going to be better off. Yes. Yes, It's it sometimes seems very dark, but... uh but you've heard it here. <laughs> the breakup queen has, has found the love of her life, and he has found her. So it is possible. <laughs> and I recommend that you um, pick up a copy of this book. It's a breakup, not a breakdown. Again, by my guest, Lisa Stedman. Get over the big one and change your life for good. And I hope that uh, all of you, if you're on the verge of a breakup, that you don't break down. You just break down and go get this book. That's <laughs> That's it. 
So, Lisa, thank you very much for being on Dr. Carol's Couch. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 